This is the Authentic Sex Podcast, real-life conversations about sex, pleasure, and relationships. I'm your host, Juliet Allen. episode 72 of the Authentic Sex Podcast. My name is Juliette Allen. I'm a sexologist and sex and relationship coach and the host of Authentic Sex. And today I'm talking about the revolutionary revolutionary relationship with my friend and relationship and intimacy coach, Nick Tovey. This episode of Authentic Sex is sponsored by Muse Lubricant. Muse was created to explore and inspire intimacy and sexual inspiration for all. Muse Essence water-based lubricant is vegan and edible and all Muse lubricants are made in a certified organic factory in Southern California and made from the highest quality natural ingredients. Muse is available on Amazon. You can use a discount code which is 20LoveJuliet for 20% off. And for more information about Muse, visit www.museintimacy.com. So, welcome Nick to Authentic Sex. Yeah, thanks Juliet. Great to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. Um, Nick and I met at an ISTA training. Uh, two years ago. Yeah, about two years ago. And um, got along great, spent the week in the training together. And I've got Nick on the podcast today because he runs workshops around relationships and sacred sexuality and I just think you I think you're awesome and you've got a lot to share with the world and so today we're going to be talking about the revolutionary relationship Mm -hmm. quote unquote Mm -hmm. Um, but before we start on that do you want to give a little bit of a background about what you do what you're bringing to the world in this area and also um what got you into this line of work? Mm. Big story. Um, so I guess initially, so my work is, as you said, a relationship intimacy coach. You know, it's a, it's such a difficult thing to come up with a word for what you actually do and how you work in the world. But that does it fairly simply, I think. Um, so my, my work is focused on helping individuals and couples really create a strong, powerful and enriched relationship with themselves so they can then move that relationship to into, into relationship with another. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course that includes uh, all manner of um, aspects of our relationship to ourself and so it also includes our relationship to intimacy and sexuality which is obviously a big part of your work, a big part of uh, the interest we share and a really big and important part of relationship. Mm. Um, excuse me Uh, so I sort of got into this work by accident in some regard I was a I was a um, practicing psychotherapist transpersonal psychotherapist and have been in practice for about the last 10 10 10 years and 
along the way, I, re- I wanted to focus my work working with, um, with men particularly. And I found a lot of the work that I was doing with the men that I was working with was very much focused on relationship. And a lot of the issues that were coming up were, uh, were, were difficulties with intimacy and relationship and sex and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, by working with only the man, I was only working with half of the issue Mm. half of the relationship so I in the last few years decided uh, to target and and sort of weave my work to really focus on this which is such a big important part of life is is our our skills and our capacity to do relationship well Mm. and and of course you know uh, that's been a big part of my own journey and (laughs) of course we we all often get to the point where we teach what we most need to learn I was just thinking that yeah mm. and you know I went through a marriage I got married very young had children very young I was um, a father by by 21 um, mm. and married at 23 and mm. um, divorced me um, 11 years ago and recognizing the the challenges that came through that period of, of being in relationship and noticing the the unhealthy habits and, and patterns that I sort of slipped into throughout that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so after ending that, that relationship, I really realized that there were some things I needed to learn. There mm-hmm. were some aspects of, of myself I needed to grow through and also how to do yeah how to do relationship really well so that sort of took me on a uh on a path of um working with uh, tantra and different forms of sacred sexuality mm-hmm. and really looking at the difference of polarities of masculine and feminine and how mm-hmm. they play out within me and how that works in relationship mm-hmm. and and of course taking on various different streams of study um, along the way to to bring me to where I am doing the awesome work that I that I get to do. Yeah, wonderful. And what I love about you is that I know that as your friend, you're consistently working on yourself mm. <clears throat> and your relationship too. So you're not just out there saying this is how mm. to do great relationship, but you're consistently like working on your own stuff. Mm-hmm. And that really inspires me. <clears throat> and I think that's such a big part of this work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And I think, and I say this, you know, pretty much at the beginning of any workshop or any program that I run, it's, uh, I'm in there working this out with you guys. And this is something, yes, I've, I may be a little bit further along the line than you are, but I'm in the field as much as anybody else. Yeah, on the definitely. I'm trying to work out how to do, how to do relationship really, really well. Mm. And of course, I screw that up as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we all do. I get it wrong, and and sometimes it's hard. And uh, I'm in relationship now, and there's there's no doubt that we try our best to do it to the capacity that we desire and that we know we we both want to have in our relationship. But mm. it's not always easy. Mm. In fact, it probably makes it harder. In fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard you on um, another podcast 
slash video and you were saying how relationship is basically it is going to be hard and there is going to be pain and that's just a that's that's just what's going to happen yep absolutely sorry to blow that myth (laughs) out of the water everyone Mm. um but um you know we one of the traps that we can often fall into is believing that relationship is a place where we can feel safe Mm. and you know we there's many areas of our life where we look for security we look for safety you know that can be our family it can be a house it can be a career it can be our financial position and of course relationship is a really really big one Mm. so we look at relationship as a place where we can we can feel that sense of security and it's it, it's a fallacy <laughs> to imagine that a relationship is going to provide security for us it it um it outsources our own sense of power yeah and so really what we want to be working on and looking at is how can we create that sense of security within ourselves so we don't depend on another mm. or another um institution like the relationship Mm. um to provide that for us Mm. it's a tricky one it is a tricky one that's the story we've been sold yeah yeah i can definitely relate to that Mm. and so many people i i know are like oh um i just want to find my other half Mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna and then i'm gonna feel whole (laughs) then i'm gonna feel i will feel complete when i find my other half but it's yeah. yeah, it's always about feeling that wholeness and completeness within yourself. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know, a big part of what uh, let's let's mm. face it. I mean, we look at the. I mean, we call this the revolutionary relationship. Yeah. So yeah. What does that actually mean? Yeah. And for me, uh, so my coaching program that I take couples through is called the revolutionary relationship and I put the R in brackets so it distinguishes the word revolution from evolution Mm. so recognizing that a relationship just like an individual so let's remember a relationship is made up of two individuals Mm. um, a relationship evolves over time Mm. and evolution is a passive change that happens over time Mm. And where revolution is inspired action. It's like, okay, mm. we, we actually consciously want to create our own evolution mm. because the way things have been are no longer satisfying. Yeah. So it, there's, a, there's a moment of tension that builds where it's like, okay, screw this, we need to make some change. Mm. So that's where revolution comes in. It's like inspired action, I want to do something different. Yeah. What was happening is no longer working. Mm. So with that in mind, relationships evolve over various different phases of life, and I think one of the one of the key points to what I imagine the revolutionary relationship to be is this is this repetitive reevaluating of what the relationship is. Rather than what often happens in relationship, it's like okay, we've met, we got together, we move in, we're married, whatever it is we do, and then we 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 expect that it that that's it. Yeah. And there's no where to go to. There's no thing to do. Mm. Um, But 
the, the, the relationship evolves from moment to moment, from day to day, as mm. the individuals change, yeah? So mm. you're not the same person you were last week, mm. and neither mm. am I. So how mm. could I possibly imagine that what I did last week is going to work the same as it could today? Definitely, you know I mean? yeah. So we need a re- this, this active engagement in, in, in re-evaluating how we want to be in this relationship, what's mm. working for us. So that that requires, you know, some setup around communication, around, you know, having a, having moments to actually be able to consciously speak what it is I desire in this relationship mm. and be able to own that and mm. express that in a way which is going to be received. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really great point because a lot of people um, I know, clients find who come to me find it challenging when they've gotten together and then a few years later their partner says to them oh but you've changed you're a different Mm. woman or you're Mm. a different man why have you changed and it's like well it's been 10 years or it's been six months or change is is life and so I love that you're really addressing that with people like how can we evolve together Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and grow together and redefine what each other needs Mm -hmm. That's what I'm getting that you, you, you're helping people with. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, uh, you know, isn't that, that's a, change is a good thing. Yeah. We want, we want to grow. Evolution is always about improvement on what has been. Mm. We've been doing that for 14 billion years. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, of course, that's, that's something that we can nurture. That's something we can uh, be, re- be consciously engaged in. Yeah. So if people are listening and they're they're thinking, oh my God, yes, this is us. Like we need to revise mm-hmm. what the hell's going on in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be some further, like the first steps? What are some of this really basic questions or conversations that they can have with their partner mm-hmm. to, or even just with themselves, like journaling, you know, about mm-hmm. by themselves, what, what do I want? Can yeah. you give some? Well, this... Of course, every relationship is going to have its own, and every individual is going to have it, their own things to think about here. But really, it's about having some really honest conversations with yourself mm. uh, initially to say, okay, what what am I, what am I looking for in relationship? Mm. And then, of course, you know, why am I looking for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Is to you know, if I'm, what am I looking for? Let's say I'm looking for security. Mm-hmm. Why am I looking for security? I'm looking for that because I don't feel it in myself. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we're gonna be creating a relational dynamic which is set up um, about dependence. Yeah, yeah with de- with a certain set of setup of dependence in mm. I am dependent on this person this relationship for my own sense of security mm. that doesn't tend to work so well yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah great example um, so it's important that we were able to really get clear with ourselves around why we're looking for what we're looking for mm. and and of course then once we've got some level of clarity with what we're looking for, what we desire in relationship, then going to our partner and having a having a deep conversation around a bit, uh, 
what it is that we want and having the courage to be able to share that and to be able to hear each other in that conversation mm. and that's not always going to be, be an easy conversation to have yeah. but I think we were talking about it before how easy it is for and how often uh, we come into a relationship and we don't have these conversations we mm. just sort of assume that this is how it's going to be mm. and then it only rears its head when something uh, something untoward happens when I'm suddenly triggered by your desire to have something that I'm not okay with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, example that we were talking about earlier was um, monogamy, monogamy. Mm. and you know there's so many different ways of being in relationship and of course a lot of people it's almost common terminology these days around polyamory and open relating and Mm. things like that and there's so many different ways you can be in relationship which can include other people Mm. but yeah of course the most common assumed relationship style is monogamy yeah but does anybody ever have a conversation around what that means yeah (laughs) yeah that's a good point and so if you want monogamy what does monogamy mean to you how is what's your style of monogamy does that include um not being able to message your exes does it include not mm. uh you know being able to flirt with the uh, with the woman at work mm. yeah does it mm. if it's harmless if it's not actually an encroaching what's the word <laughs> no that's not the right word is it um <laughs> if it's not actually going against your relational agreement mm. Um, then is it is it outside of your realms of monogamy? Yeah. yeah. So again, we don't realize what monogamy means to us until somebody goes outside of it. Definitely. And then, and then shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is that it's good to have a conversation have around conversation. around in particular in monogamy if that's what you're choosing, just as it is to have around if you're choosing polyamory what are the relationship what are the agreements and i like the word agreements over the over boundaries for some reason Mm -hmm. boundaries for me feels like i'm gonna be limited whereas agreements is like well let's agree what let's make some relationship agreements so that we know it can flow easier rather than feel really jolty and like oh i don't know whether that's okay or not or yeah absolutely i mm -hmm. think I think they're different things in some ways, boundaries mm. and agreements. And mm. I think there's a agreements can can include our boundaries, of mm. course. But mm. um, agreements is like how how are we gonna you know what's our state of play in this relationship? What are the ways in which we're gonna be able to deal with certain situations? Mm. And, um, can you can you give a couple of examples mm. if you feel too personal? But if not, just um, a couple of agreements so people understand what that could look like. Mm. I, I, I could, yeah, go, go. Yeah, go I could give a, a personal example of agreement that Nick and I have, yeah. my partner. We have an agreement with, um, with exes, mm. now that we're talking about exes, that we um, want to support each other to have relationships with exes if that feels like that's what we want Mm -hmm. we don't need to know if either of us have 
like called had a conversation with an ex however if we feel to meet up with an ex the agreement is that we check in with Mm -hmm. the other first Mm -hmm. so we're not just rocking home going oh i had coffee with so-and-so today and it's like checking in making it clear i'm i'm gonna hang out with an ex and um yeah Mm -hmm. just like having that blessing from each other so that's our agreement around exes Mm -hmm. that we've established yeah yeah perfect great example um for for me and my partner stephanie we i mean we have our relationship is Mm non-monogamous um and of course we have numerous agreements around that and one of the really important ones is that we have inclusion Mm. so if one of us did want to connect intimately with somebody else that that part that other that third party needs to be okay with the fact that there's another person to have a conversation with Mm. yeah Mm. so for instance if i had a connection with somebody else and i wanted to pursue that connection that uh, that person would need to be willing to have a conversation with my partner that's awesome Mm -hmm. yeah great otherwise it doesn't happen yep um, so that's one very, very clear agreement within our non-monogamous uh, setup. Mm. Um, and things like, you know, really simple things. If, if I'm feeling something, I agree to be open about that. Mm. Even if I don't have the full clarity around what it is that I'm feeling. Mm. If I'm in some emotional discomfort for whatever reason, it may be because of something that's happened in the relationship, it could be something totally outside of the relationship, but I, my agreement is to speak mm. that and to be able to share, okay, I'm in something, and to ask for support if I need it, mm. but not to expect it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good, good point. Yeah, I think mm. this is something that's really... Um, really important is uh, taking personal responsibility Mm. for our stuff and Mm. asking a lot of people just wait for the other person to guess (laughs) yeah definitely and then and then often um, complain about it to friends Mm -hmm. I see this happening Mm -hmm. within circles of like you know and he just wasn't there for me and he you know often it's a lot of blaming the the man like he just he didn't ask me what was wrong it's like well he doesn't have a fucking clue that anything's going on inside that head of yours like so self-responsibility is so important totally and yeah being able to uh, relieve the other person from the pr- pressure of having to guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 And actually going, you know what, I'm feeling this. I'd love you to be able to hear me for a moment. Mm. Rather than just expecting and waiting for that person to to be there, to hold space, to whatever it is that mm. we need from them. Yeah. Ask for what we need. Yeah. I think that's a really important one. Um, something with the my program the revolutionary relationship i have mm-hmm. uh four pillars mm-hmm. that sort of hold up the revolutionary relationship awesome and they are authenticity mm-hmm. so that really comes down to being able to speak your truth mm-hmm. honestly no matter how uncomfortable that may be mm-hmm. um using you know clear communication mm-hmm. and obviously there's skills we can all learn in communication and they're simple but not always very easy yeah and i would love to before we continue Mm -hmm. touch on that afterwards Mm -hmm. on how when we're communicating like something 
um, that may be difficult to communicate mm. or um, confronting for right. our partner to hear how can our partner best support us. So sure. we could go back. Yeah, let's put a little that. sticky label yep, on that and that's, we'll come back to it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, the second pillar is uh, accountability. Mm. So that is really about taking responsibility for our own stuff, mm. being fully accountable for our own emotional landscape. Mm. And that also includes, you know, asking for the support when we need it. Mm. And also holding each other accountable, being able to call each other on their shit mm. when it's there. But in a way, and this comes back down to the communication skills, but in a way that isn't, isn't shaming, isn't... Um, belittling mm. or putting them down and making them wrong in any way because mm. of course that doesn't work so well mm. <laughs> uh, the third pillar is advocacy so this is about supporting each other recognizing that we're all individuals on the, on our own path and how can I support you to be your best self no matter how, where your dreams and aspirations take you even mm. if that is away from me. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. a tricky one. Yeah. Uh, and the fourth pillar is abundance. And that comes down to recognizing that love is an infinite supply and I don't, I don't rely on you for my supply. Mm. It's something that I already have access to in myself. It's an experience that I feel mm. and sometimes I can share that experience with you. But it's not you that is giving it to me. That's awesome. And I'm sure lots of people listening will be like, huh? Can you repeat that one? That doesn't quite feel right. Yeah. Yeah. What? I'm not, I'm not dependent on somebody else for yeah. my source of like, love. What? Yeah. You know, it's mm. a, it's a, I shared a, a video about this not so long ago. And I was sitting on the beach in the morning and just pondering what this thing is that we call love. And it's... Mm. It's a feeling, it's an experience that I have, and I can have mm. this experience by looking at a leaf, mm. by looking at a sunrise, by self-pleasuring, by mm. <laughs> all manner of different things, and I mm. don't rely on somebody else for that to be accessed, to be activated. Yeah. And of course, that can happen. Yeah. If I'm with somebody else, and we have some resonance that is occurring between us, mm then that feels amazing. It feels beautiful. Mm. All these beautiful chemicals get activated. My energy is activated. Mm. And we call this love. And it's a beautiful experience. But it's my experience. Yeah. yeah? Mm. It's, I own it. I, 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 can, I can bathe in it. I can activate it. And sometimes I can share that with you. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to share, but I don't depend on you for it. <laughs> mm, so that comes under the abundance yeah. pillar. Yeah. Yeah. And another big part of abundance is, and this is really important and something that is often difficult to remember, is when we really want to aspire to create a relationship that is in accordance with this idea of what the revolutionary relationship can be. Mm. Uh, it can it can become grueling, <laughs> mm. and we can be nitpicking at every little thing that's not fully in alignment with this, this perceived idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's about re- recognizing the fact that we're doing it. We're in it. We're it's a it's a process, and it is a work in progress. We are not. We haven't achieved it yet. 
Mm. It's an aspiration that we're constantly working towards. So let's celebrate the wins mm. and not be so hard ass on each other and ourselves for not getting mm. it right all the fucking time. That's great. I needed that reminder today. <laughs> that's that's thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's similar to that. Oh, when I do this, this, and this, then I'll I'll be, feel enlightened. Or you know, if yeah. I meditate in a cave for. For, for five years then I'm going to be that person it's like a consist it's like a journey mm-hmm. it's not you're not ever going to get to a point where you're like well we finally are at the revolutionary relationship <laughs> it's, it's like an Ta-da. organism that's consistently yeah. growing and evolving absolutely. and changing and fucking up along the way yeah. for sure yeah, like absolutely. you said evolution never stops mm. yeah <laughs> yeah so let's go back to difficult conversations mm. Because we touched on it at the start with when you said kind of getting clear on what do I want from this relationship, why do I want it, and then taking that to your partner mm-hmm. and, um, you know, being authentic, that can often be quite challenging, A, just to have the courage to be like, oh, I'm going to have to talk to him or her mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. But then what um, what happens when you're on the opposite side, your partner comes to you and says X, Y, and Z, and you feel extremely triggered, or you're mm. just like, you're, nah, I don't agree with you. How do you hold space for that? And I know like lots of people come to me and find it quite challenging to be open and vulnerable because they don't feel like they can express without having um, it become volatile. Yeah, totally. So this is a... Uh... I mean, just that terminology, hold space. Mm. What does that even mean? Yeah. It's, it's terminology <clears throat> that's used so much mm. these days, in a, particularly in our fields, and often is something that as a, a man is expected to do for a woman, mm-hmm. not so much the other way around. Mm. Yeah? I agree. And so, to, you know, let's look at that. I mean, what do we mean when we want somebody to hold space for us? Hold space is about really just being receptive. Mm. It's about being able to hear and feel what I need to be able to express to you. Mm. Yeah. So I think what's really, really important is to first ask, is that are you capable of holding space for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if I've got something I really need to share and I know it potentially could be difficult to receive, mm. I need to make sure because I love this person and mm. I care for them mm. and their well-being, I need to make sure they're capable of receiving it. Yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah. Mm. If they're not feeling so good in themselves or they're stressed or they're anxious about something or they're just not in a position to be able to really hear me, mm. then I shouldn't expect them to mm-hmm. because I'm going to get upset if they don't. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to resent them for not being able to hear me. Mm. Um, and it's unfair. Yeah, and a good example of this would be um, someone's been home all day with the kids, they're feeling frustrated, they're like, fuck it, I'm going to talk about this. Their partner walks through the door and they're like, we need to have the conversation. And there's not even a choice for that partner. There's no, yeah, which is really common. So this is a great one for people to think about. Absolutely. And this is, um, and of course, I really want to make this clear that there is something that we all need you know we all need to be heard Mm. and sometimes that's not going to be easy for us to be able to speak or express Mm. 
and sometimes it's not going to be easy to, to receive. Mm. Yeah, and I know a lot of the time with uh, the work I do with men is uh, often a man is a little slower to create a connection between feeling and words. Mm. Yeah, and being able to able be able to express and and um, describe what they're feeling and mm. and and create that that link but he's feeling whatever he's feeling yeah Yeah, it's there and sometimes Mm. just having the ability to say i'm feeling this yeah i'm feeling angry i'm feeling frustrated and whatever it is being able Mm. to bring a voice to that and have it witnessed and accepted without Mm. shut being shut down or Mm. or or made wrong in any way Mm. is is a really really important thing to do yeah. And that, of course, that goes both ways. Um, but I really, yeah, we both need to hold space for each other. Yeah, it's not just a one-way street. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Definitely. And we're going to do it in different ways. We're going to yeah. express ourselves in different ways. Mm. Mm. Um, I've found since, sorry, yeah, I've found since... Um, reading the Queen's Code, mm. yeah, that really was really great for me in understanding um, men more yeah. and listening. And I, no- I noticed, I learned that if I just don't like listen and actually just really listen, then I find my partner will just keep talking and opening and opening. Mm-hmm. Whereas before reading that book, I had a tendency to well, be in the unhealthy masculine, which is fixing and no, uh-huh. but uh-huh. like you could do it this way and yeah. then you'd be feeling better. And, yeah. and um, so it's just changed my life in the way that mm. with my relationship um, with my male partner is that if I just hold back mm-hmm. and literally visualize sometimes like gaffer tape going mm-hmm. over my mouth and being like, don't, don't fucking speak. Mm-hmm. Just let him go. Mm-hmm. He just opens mm-hmm. and expresses and it's flows like it's so beautiful beautiful. um but i find that we shut each other down a lot Uh doesn't matter whether you identify as male or female we're just shutting each other down a lot and this is uh well firstly i just want to make a point absolutely everybody get out get the book from Alison Armstrong, The Queen's Code. It's just... Or, or The Keys to the Kingdom. You know, yeah. Awesome, awesome stuff to help understand men and the way we process stuff and the evolution that we take through our journey and, mm. and becoming a man. And you can download that book, um, mm. and I'm not getting paid to say yeah, this, yeah. neither of us are. You can download it on Alison Armstrong's website as a PDF. It's quite hard to get. I don't even know whether it is in um, like sure. paperback. It's just download it. Yeah. print it out if you need to and read it it's yeah, great really mm. awesome stuff anyway um <laughs> where was i <laughs> okay so we were at um when you're having difficult conversations how how do we hold space mm. quote unquote for each other mm-hmm. what happens um when your partner is really expressing maybe feeling quite emotional crying feeling heightened emotion doesn't really know like is in a bit of a kerfuffle Mm -hmm. how do people who are receiving that how do they not either run because it's too hard um or begin to want to fix like (laughs) yeah um this comes down to really being being in tune with our own emotional state Mm. and 
if if I'm in a position where I can feel myself becoming agitated, my emotions are becoming heightened mm. in some ways, I can be with that emotion in a way which helps me regulate my emotions so I'm then in a better position to be a to not be reactive mm. yeah often what we're wanting to do you know that we talked about the fixing energy mm-hmm. and our motivation to fix is not necessarily to fix the problem it's to get the problem away from us because it makes us feel uncomfortable yeah yeah mm. so an unfixed problem mm. <laughs> feels creates a sense of anxiety for for a lot of people Mm. so i'm I'm out of control i need to fix this because it feels uncomfortable so it's not a it's this uh um it's this selfish motivation which is hidden as a uh and and disguised as a motivation to help somebody else yeah it's a selfish motivation to get this problem away from me because it's uncomfortable (laughs) yeah 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 so we need to look, be really looking at what, you know, what is my motivation? What am I trying to do here? Mm. And how am I, how am I responding to this emotion, this feeling, this expression that I'm witnessing here? Mm. And what is, what is it, what is it bringing up for me? Mm. Um, and then again, coming back to that accountability piece around really taking responsibility for our own emotional well-being yeah and if you know if 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 i'm being emotionally expressive and my emotionally express my emotional expression is i'm feeling this i'm feeling that i'm feeling angry because blah 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 i'm feeling something that's going to be received much better than you did this, you did that, you are this, you are that. Yeah. 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 So taking responsibility for uh, more I statements Absolutely. rather than Absolutely. you're making yeah. me unhappy. unhappy. Yeah. You're, yeah. So the uh, John Gottman talks about the four horsemen of the apocalypse mm. and that's uh, naming, blaming, shaming. Yeah. And stonewalling unfortunately it doesn't rhyme (laughs) (laughs) so using language that is naming that person you know Mm. you're a bitch you're a lazy whatever it is Mm. blaming you did this you are that yeah yeah you're responsible for my feelings you're responsible for not taking the dog for a walk whatever it is yeah uh shaming using words and language that belittles that person makes them feel inferior and less powerful mm. and and stonewalling which is you know talk to the hand i'm not oh, doing for business <laughs> yeah uh mm. like shutting down the com the communication walking out um things like that which are sometimes you know distance is often really really necessary mm. creating separation when we're in conflict mm. but there's a way to do it yeah. it's not just walking off yeah. and shutting down the conversation it's okay I've reached my capacity we're not getting anywhere right now mm. I think we need a time out yeah. I'm going to go for a walk I'll be back in an hour yeah that's and great following through on your appointment <laughs> yeah so there's got to be integrity there with if you say you'll be back at 1pm you're back yeah. and that creates safety for that person too yeah. which could lead into the other thing I want to talk about which is the wounds and the abandonment yeah. wound and oh, stuff those, those little things yeah well I just want to go I want to go into that but I just yeah. want to ask from like a personal uh, f- f- uh, 
I want to get an example from you. So when Steph is feeling really emotional, yeah. having a shit day yeah. and it's just like teary, a mm. little bit up and down, mm. like I don't really know how I feel, mm. I'm just not feeling good and or, or, or a bit irrational, yeah. how do you as her partner, and every woman's different so we all need different things, mm. but from a man's perspective, what are some things that you do that you know help her to calm down yeah. Um, feel safe to express what's underneath the anger or, or the sadness mm-hmm. or well it's often sadness but you know the what are some things you do like is it just hugs is it um, just practical examples in particular for men yeah. with women yeah mm. so again it really comes down to what's going to work for that woman mm. for Steph for, I have a, a trust that she's going to ask for what she needs mm-hmm and I can, I, I can, that helps me relax knowing that I, I know if she really needs something, she'll ask for it. Yeah. Uh, and what I can do to help in those moments, because of course she can be irrational as we all can, mm. and forget that she can actually ask for help when she needs it. Yeah. So what I can do in those moments is just put a hand on a chest or on her arm and mm. or give her a hug and mm. say I'm, I'm here for you if you need me mm. just let her know that she has the opportunity to ask for help if yeah. she needs it if mm. there's any way I can be of support mm. for her. but I'm not imposing that yeah you know? I'm trusting her to look after herself mm-hmm. and to, if and also recognizing that she can ask for help yeah. Making sure she is aware of that. Yeah. Mm. And also, and I think this is, like I said um, before, it's important for me to really check in with myself how much capacity I have to help. Yeah. Mm? Yeah. So if there's a, let's say for an example, there's a, there is, there has been a conflict and she is in a strong emotional state, mm. but also I am. Mm. Yeah, I'm my wounds activated. I'm feeling fragile and vulnerable, mm. and I know that I don't maybe don't have the capacity to be there for her. Mm-hmm. I need to be honest about that. Yeah, yeah, I need to be honest with myself mm. and with her. There's no point in trying to be a hero mm. when um, ultimately I don't have the capacity to do so. Yeah, and that's a hard thing for a lot of men to 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 get a handle on is. Because, you know, we, particularly men in our conscious movement, we want to be strong rocks and we want to be there yeah. for our women and we want to be the best that we can and be solid and, you know, conscious and present. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've got our own shit to deal with. Yeah. You know, we can't be that all the time and neither should we have to. Yeah. Great point. Mm. Mm. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. So let's move into core wounds. Wounds. Yeah. So it's, do you want to explain what, what we mean by that? Lots yeah. of people may never have heard of, of, of that concept, sure. that idea. So for me, core wounds, I mean, there's, there's a few core wounds that can happen. Um, the main one, I think, is abandonment. You know? mm. Abandonment, of course, can, hap- can look like many different things. And often they'll happen... Uh, these wounds will get inflicted when we're a child, when we're young, uh, and most often at a time when we're unable to rationalise 
what this wound actually means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I think this is a really important point: is that the 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 mind of the child isn't necessarily um, capable of uh, yeah of seeing this action, whatever this action is. Let's mm-hmm. say, for example, a two-year-old child is screaming in her cot because she needs a nappy change and a hug. Mm-hmm. But no one's answering the call, mm-hmm. or and so therefore that child feels abandoned in that mm-hmm. moment. And mm-hmm. to a two-year-old child, abandonment essentially means death. Yeah? yeah, a child depends on parents to care for it; otherwise, it cannot survive. Yes. So that's a really big wound. Yeah. <laughs> in that child's mind, mm-hmm. at that point, and of course that child who received that wound at that age that wounding that it creates a set of beliefs mm-hmm. a set of understandings around who they are how the world is and how they can operate in that world yes yeah yeah and and what their worth is in the world mm. so that belief can play out in a person's life throughout their relational life yeah of course we all have these rooms yeah yeah, in different ways and then we have so that's what i like the way i like to work with uh with these core wounds is something that i've i've got from a teacher of mine called terry real which is looking at the 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 wounded child so Mm. that's the wounded child we've just talked about let's say that two-year-old girl for example Mm. and then there's the adaptive child so the adaptive child is the one, the part of ourself that is like, okay, that hurt, screw that, we're not going to do that again. Mm. We're going to adjust our behavior in order to prevent that abandonment from happening again. Yes. So, so what would an example of the adjusted behavior be? Not crying, mm-hmm. not being emotionally expressive, mm-hmm. being a good little girl so mm. mummy doesn't leave me. Mm. And... In, uh, yeah, adjusting my behavior to get what I need. Yes. I.e. love. Yeah. Yeah. So that adaptive child sort of takes over the steering wheel of the car of life mm. a lot of the time. And mm. uh, so whenever that wound later on in life, that core wound gets triggered, mm. i.e. we feel we're going to be, we're about to be abandoned, mm. the adaptive child comes in to protect yeah. Yeah, and that's who's doing the yelling and the and the manipulating and or whatever mm. things they they do to help protect that little wounded child. Yeah, and would you say sabotaging relationships is an example of the adaptive child? It like definitely can be because of sure. that that fear of like abandonment. Mm. For me, it was when I was fourteen and my parents divorced and yeah. dad moved out. Yeah, I felt abandoned. And then from that moment onwards until I was aware of what was going on, it was playing out in my relationships. Uh-huh. So I would be so fearful of feeling abandonment from a, from the man that mm-hmm. I was with that I'd sabotage, somehow sabotage the relationship. So it ended before he could be- abandon before me. Before the abandonment, yeah. So yeah. there was a, a way of you maintaining a sense of control in that. Mm. So if you can control it, you're not abandoned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This is uh, such a common um, trait, adaptation, mm. you know. Uh, and also, what often can happen is that in the in the other side of that can be the 
um, love addict motivation to to behave in whatever way we can in order to get some level of love mm. and appreciation and validation and all of those things that help boost our sense of self-esteem and yeah. worth in the world. Are you saying that someone who's got the abandonment wound as a core wound, which is a lot of us, yeah. that they would could behave in a way of like seeking love in yeah. any way possible yeah. to feel what they felt was missing when they were two or Absolutely. five or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, mm. and and similarly, I think another core wound is uh, is is smothering, mm. and often, like if that's been a um, let's say a, a, an overprotective mother, and I can I see this a lot with uh, young, you know, obviously in our day and age we have a lot of boys that are brought up by single mums, mm. and single mums may be over more overprotective to their boy and try to prevent him from growing up in some ways yeah yeah uh, becoming a man and Mm. that can let set up a uh, a dynamic of distancing of trying to avoid that sense of smothering yeah so that can cause a uh, a fear of commitment uh, a fear of um, intimacy in all different ways as well yeah so would you say that men, this is a real, could be a real generalization, but men who've had that smothering from their mother, yeah. um, then attracting women who possibly are quite similar to their mother with that energy, because that's how they've experienced love is the smothering. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's one of the very typical codependent setups in relationship is the, um, you know, but the distance of pursuing. So one is constantly pursuing in order to get the love and the validation and one is feeling smothered and distancing as the more he distances the more she pursues and of course this can be both mm. uh, both genders um, yeah. so yeah that's a very typical codependent sort of set up in a, in a, in a lot of relationships I'm sure we've all been there oh, yeah. to some degree yeah yeah and this can play out we're talking about for those listening we are talking we are talking in general a lot about men and women and that's probably Mm. because you and i are both in relationships with the opposite um gender but this can um play out equally as strong and has done for me in same-sex relationships Mm. um so yeah yeah the gender we've all got the wounds we've all got the parents who um yeah, we've got daddy and mummy. So we've all got daddy and mummy issues. So mm-hmm. no doubt, no doubt. So then, mm. so recognizing we have the wounded child, we mm-hmm. have the adaptive child. Yeah. And in the middle, we have the the mature adult. Mm. Yeah. So what I, the way I like to see it is, you know, if you imagine this car driving, this car is life, mm. and this is our being, mm. and one of often when we're triggered we've got a kid in the driving seat Mm -hmm. so the wounded child gets triggered and we've got a a two-year-old in the driving seat making decisions Mm. for us turning Mm. left or right yeah and the mature adult is is disappeared at that Mm. moment Mm. there's a child making decisions as a child throat and then of course the adaptive child comes in takes over Hijack, takes the wheel, throws the wounded child in the back seat, yeah. and now you've got a five-year-old in the driving seat yeah. <laughs> who's learnt a little bit, but they've learnt to fight 
they've learned to manipulate, they've learned to uh, protect some in some way. Mm. However, we're doing that, yeah. Mm. Um, so often, when we are faced in conflict in relationship, we've got a couple of five-year-olds that are throwing shit at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like two kids just having a go at each other okay. and okay. trying to figure it out from that. Which is why we need to we need to really create that relationship with our children, our inner mm. children. And so, what I would like, how I like to work with that is bringing the mature adult online, mm. and then being able to create a relationship between the three, because they're all working separately. They're not relating. Yeah. In a way. It's a dysfunctional family inside. Yeah. 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 So we want to try and bring the family into into union into harmony mm. the mature adult can then start to parent the little kids yeah. inside of us mm. rather than waiting for our partner to parent them yeah 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 or our parents to parent them yeah which for some cases that just happens for forever yeah, it, yeah. totally mm. that makes sense yeah totally mm. does this has been this is awesome. We could talk for hours. I'm conscious of time and I'm also conscious of not giving people so much that they walk away Swap from this them. episode like, oh my god, like so I've got the core wounds, I've got the child, the adaptive child, I've got to do this, I've got to, so I wanna give them snippets and yeah. then something to digest yeah. but not overwhelm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you feel would be important to mention or that you'd like to talk mm. to? You know, I think one thing that I is really important, and particularly coming back on what you just said, is that this can all seem quite overwhelming and and quite, quite distant from where we're at mm. as an individual and what we w- we would like to be having in our relationship. But mm. I think it's what's really important is to remember that it is a work in progress mm. and that we are going to screw it up mm. and. The only way to learn how to do relationship is by doing relationship. Yeah. 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 And something that there's no such thing as a failed relationship. Mm. Every relationship that I've ever had has been a success mm. because it's taught me about myself and it's taught me about how to do relationship. Mm. Even if it, that is what I don't want to do in relationship or what I don't want to put up with in relationship. Yeah. Great reminder. So, you know relationship something we can we can enjoy we can engage in we can mm. get a whole heap of benefit from if yeah. we are willing and courageous enough to to do it dive in to dive in and mm. have a go and and risk take a risk yeah yeah because yeah. yeah relationship can hurt like coming back to what we talked about at the beginning it's, yeah it is a... It's risky business. It's risky business. Well, you're risking heartbreak. Or you're risking abandonment. You're risking... All of those things. You're, you're just risking everything. Yeah. But what have you got to lose? I, that's what I often ask. Is like, you're only going to gain yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heartbreak's fucked. <laughs> but... But it's inevitable. But, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's inevitable. Mm. And the only way we can really truly experience love is by experiencing heartbreak. Mm. Because it breaks out. It opens our heart. Yeah. Yeah? The more we try to shield our heart, Mm. not only we're protecting it from 
heartbreak, we're also protecting it from love. Yeah. From intimacy. Yeah. Uh, intimacy is an invitation to allow somebody else to see into me. Mm-hmm. And in order for them to be able to do that, I need to let them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I need to take down the guards and mm. expose all of my shit <laughs> yeah it's not about or you know it's not just about exposing all your the beauty yeah. and the pleasure and 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 the fun stuff it's like true intimacy is just being like well here i am and it's gonna get ugly at stages <laughs> can you love me through this yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. this is gosh it's such a a big thing is to be a can can we actually meet our beloved in all of them, mm. even those bits that we don't even like, yeah, and those bits that we don't even know yet, mm. and continue the the exploration and the discovery of all of those different parts of each other. Yeah, hmm. it's the revolutionary relationship. <laughs> <laughs> we just circled back to it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this has been great full of great stuff and mm, mm. thanks so much yeah absolute pleasure I really, really love obviously I love talking about this stuff yeah <laughs> yeah you can uh, tell you're passionate about yeah, it it's awesome yeah mm. cool so if people want to contact you how can they do that yeah so my website is nicktovey.com so that is n-i-c-t-o-v-e-y dot com awesome and you've got all yeah, all my info on there. Yeah. Contact through the website. Yeah, so if you feel to connect with Nick, then nicktovey.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. You're amazing. Thank you. Yeah, and um, if you loved this episode, please review the podcast on iTunes so that more and more people can listen and and grow. And um, I guess as a community, we can we can support each other in in learning new stuff and and having great relationships that's what it comes down to and great sex too um so yeah thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode actually i want to i want to mention that steph nick's partner steph will be i think next week we're recording so um i'll be chatting to nick's partner steph about god knows what we've still got to figure that out but it'll definitely be interesting and be cool to um touch base with her on the podcast around how she best supports you um too because it'd be cool to get her perspective so stay tuned for more episodes with um nick's partner steph